Okay, gentlemen. Hello. I'm Frank. If some of you don't know me, which you don't really matter, but I'm Frank. Frank! Pancho! <laughs> uh, tonight we're going to be in Judges chapter 2, uh, verses 1 to 23. I uh, remember last week you went with Sam through all the battles they had and the things they were to do, and uh, we see they didn't uh, fully accomplish that. Uh, we're going to get to see some results of uh, the reaping of not doing that, and uh, just cautions for us, you know, as Christians, you know, to be careful. Uh, so we're going to go like this. Verse 1 through 5 is going to be the rebuke for not obeying. Verse 6 through 10, the death of Joshua retold. Verses 11 through 15, the snare and the thorn. And verse 16 to 23, the brief summary to the book of Judges. So I'm just going to go as, uh, cover as we go here. So verse 1 says, Then the angel of the Lord came upon Gilgal to Boshkim, and said, I led you up from Egypt and brought you to the land of which I swore to your fathers. I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And you shall make no covenants with the inhabitants of the land. You shall tear down their altars, but you have not obeyed my voice. Why have you done this? Verse 3, Therefore I also said, I will not drive them out before you, but they shall be thorns in your side, and their God shall be a snare to you. So it was when the angel of the Lord spoke these words to all the, the children of Israel that the people lifted up their voices and wept. Then they called the name of that place Boshem, or Bokem, and they sacrificed there to the Lord. So the messenger here, he came from Gilgal. If you guys remember back in uh, Joshua 5, verse 9 through 10, uh, when they crossed the Jordan, it was the first place they came to. Um, where Gilgal means rolling. And the reason why they get that is because it says that, Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled back away the reproach of you from Egypt. Therefore the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. So he came up from there and he comes down here to Bokem, which means weeping, weepings, which will... See right here in verse 5 in the end. Uh, the location, I couldn't find it. You know, maybe it was a purpose, I don't know. But I couldn't find nothing about this place here. Uh, maybe they wandered to a place that was really out there, I don't know. But nevertheless, the messenger came up to them. And he said, I led you from Egypt and brought you to the land of which I swore to your, for your fathers. In Exodus chapter 14, verses 30 to 31, it says, So the Lord saved Israel that day out of the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Thus Israel saw the great work which the Lord had done in Egypt. So the people feared the Lord and His servant Moses. Remember, they came out of uh, uh, Egypt, which is the type of the flesh, the bondage, you know, like we got saved out of the world, you know. Um, he's bringing them up from there. Remember, the, as they were coming up to this place, uh, he made the bitter water sweet. He brought the bread from heaven. He brought the water from the rock. He gave the Ten Commandments. Uh, they went and started to worship the golden calf. 
Uh, remember the cloud of glory and the light of fire that laid on by night. Uh, so what God is telling him here is, you know, I brought you out of Egypt. Remember, he promised that he was going to do this. Um, and they weren't listening to Moses or trusting him. But it did happen. It did come to pass. Um, you know, for us, God has brought us out. If we've repented, we received them in our heart. You know, uh, that old nature is still there, but we're saved. We're new in Christ Jesus. You know, uh, we're not in those bondages. I'm sure you can remember the bondages you were into. I remember the ones I was into. But God has set us free in, 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 out of those things. You know, this old life. So he led them out of Egypt and brought them to the land where they're at now. Uh, remember, he's promising them as we get through it, the promised land, and they're starting to go up this area. And through all the area, you know, they were struggling. They were up and down, up and down, up and down. Um, and that's just the way it was. You know, as human beings, uh, you know, we don't like to listen. And, you know, I know in the beginning of my walk, I had kind of struggles, you know, and I started getting into the Word. But there's also that just go up and down, up and down, like it's a roller coaster. You know, some roller coasters are fun and some are scary. But it's in the spiritual life, you know, our walk with Christ, that, that's dangerous, that up and down. You know, uh, things happen, you know. The thing about reaping and sowing consequence, you know, uh, that which a man sows, he shall reap. You know, if you sow to, sow to the Spirit, you reap eternal life. But if you sow to the flesh, you reap, you know, destruction. Uh, so you see him always going up and down here. Um, and he goes on to say, I swore to your fathers, and I said, I will never break my covenant with you. God is not, God is not a man that he should repent, or, you know, or God is not a liar either. You know, what he says is, 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 is true, 100%. You know, Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3 says, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Mary started with Abraham and he gave him these promises and uh, an agreement. Uh, in Genesis chapter 17, verse 7 through 8, it says, And I will establish my covenant between me and you, and your descendants after you, in their generations, for an everlasting covenant, to be God to you and your descendants after you. Also I give you and your descendants after you the land in which you are a stranger, all the land of Canaan, and it's an everlasting position. I will be their God. You know, he kept making these promises. He's telling them, I'm taking you somewhere, you know, that's good and plentiful, you know. God wants the best for us, you know, and that's what he wants to do for them. He wants to make a name for them, you know, but he wants them to glorify him that it's God who done it, you know. Exodus chapter 6, verse 3 to 8 says, I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, which are the, the forefathers he's talking about, the fathers, right? As well as Moses and all of them. As God Almighty, but by my name, Lord, I was not known to them. I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land of their pilgrimage, 
in which they were strangers. And I have also heard the groaning of the children of Israel, whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Therefore say to the children of Israel, I am the Lord, I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, I will rescue you from their bondage, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with, a great, and with great judgments. I will take you as my people and I will be your God. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brings you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you into the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you as a heritage. I am the Lord. So he kept on telling him, kept on promising him, you know. Um, you would think that we just hear it once and we get it, you know. And sometimes we do, but sometimes we got to keep hearing it. You know, that's why we have to be in the Word daily. You know, it can't be like, oh, I remember that scripture. You know, I, I know that one. No, every time I go and read the scripture that I've known, I've learned something more, you know, about it, you know. And so we're ever growing. We're never, ever coming to that full knowledge until we're going to be with the Lord. And so he keeps reminding them, you know, if you have kids. I never had kids, but, uh, you know, I have my grandchildren. I always hear my wife telling them over and over sometimes, you know, or my sons or my stepson's uh, kids or the mother telling the kids over and over and over again. It's the human heart, man, you know, rebellious, you know, wanting to be Lord of ourselves. So he made this, this covenant with their fathers, and he, he said he would never break it. I will never break my covenant with you. You know, God is truth, man. There's no darkness with him. When he says something, he means it. Psalms 105, verses 7 through 11 says, He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. His mercies, His covenant forever. The word of the Lord, the, lo the word which the, He commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant which He made with Abraham and His oath to Isaac, and confirmed it to Jacob for a statute to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give you the land of Canaan as an allotment of your inheritance. Everlasting covenant, you know. He's an eternal God, you know. You want to stick with someone who knows the beginning from the end, you know. And our God, He's aware of yesterday, He knows today, and He knows tomorrow, you know. And so we should stick close to Him. You know, we don't know what tomorrow brings. And so we need to stick close to Him and to His promises as these people are going to see swayed from these promises. Psalms 119.89 through 90 says, Forever, O Lord, Your Word is settled in the heaven. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. You know, he holds the whole world in his hands. And, you know, it says, you know. And it says to all generations, you know. It's not just our generation, but to the generations to come, he's telling them. You wish, oh, Psalms 103, 17 to 18. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to the children's children. To such as keep His covenant and to those who remember His commandments to do them. Remember, He was always telling the fathers, you know, to tell your children, you know, and raise them in my ways, you know. And sometimes they were turning. He says, you go away straight like your fathers, you know, those who turn from Him. And He keeps telling them, you know, I, I love you, you know, listen to me. Psalms 25.8 says, Good and upright is the Lord, therefore He teaches sinners in the way. 
Oh, I'm so glad about that. You know, he's trying to he's trying to teach him. You know, he's thinking about the fall and all, and people getting into bondage. He sets them free, and he's trying to teach them. Um, and sometimes it doesn't seem like they're teachable. You know, it's like that clay in the potter's hands. Sometimes got beat it. And I don't. Sometimes hard you beat it hard. You know, and still they do not listen. But he wants to teach them, and that's why he keeps bringing it over and over, and telling them so they would get it. And I'm glad he teaches us his word. You know, uh, he's giving us his word that we can grow thereby. And so he told him, "I would never break my covenant with you, my agreement." You know, and he wasn't. It always seems to be on our side that we break uh, agreements or oaths. You know, whether it's something we said and we don't hold to it. My big thing is uh, marriage, you know, marriage coming in agreement that people have made, you know, before many um, to hold that. You know, I've recently had someone do uh, it's a crazy thing, you know, and and committed adultery. And, you know, it's well, how did this happen? You know, he says, you know, my wife is telling me this. And so I'm like. You know, you wonder where people get, where they're at, and what they do, and why they made this sin. But you got to look back at your walk, you know. If you look back at the walk, there's somewhere where it was little by little, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And this is the, the fruit of that, you know. Um, and the enemy is so tricky to think, you know, oh, God knows your, your struggle. And, and He does, you know. And we should fight to, to, to turn from that and, and turn to the Lord. Help me, Lord. I need your help. You know, but people keep meddling with it and then they end up in, in trouble and thinking they got control of that sin and they don't. You know, it end up biting them. And so, we can learn so many things from them because these guys are human beings like us, you know. Uh, we're Christians, we have the Spirit of God and so, you know, we got to be careful. I got to be careful, all of us. Psalms 103, 17, 18 says, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him. And his righteousness to the children's children. You know, he wants to, to pass it on, a heritage. He wanted to keep to pass what he's done on. We're going to see later on. Verse 2 He tells them, You shall not make no covenant with the inhabitants of the land. He's telling them, You know, I'm taking this place, don't make no agreement with, this, with these people. Exodus 19, verse 5 says, Now therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine. You know, <laughs> this is, you know the song, this land is your land, this land is mine. No, this land, this place is God's, all God's, you know. He does what he wants with it, when he wants. And so, you know, in, in, and you see the key, you keep hearing, if you obey, if you obey, you know. We have a free will, you know, we don't have to obey. And God don't want to make us like robots, so we have to make that decision to say, yes, Lord, or no, Lord, you know. Not, not so, Lord, you know, it can be. And so, we're all growing, we're all moving forward, that's the key, right? Uh, as long as we're not going back, you know, we keep going forward. Exodus chapter 23, verse 20 to 33 says, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him. 
for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. You know, and here next is he's telling him, you know, he's going to go before you, you know. And uh, he says, but if you indeed obey his voice and do not, and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel will go before you and bring you into the Amorites and the Hittites and the Pezzarites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. Ites! <laughs> you know, he's telling them, I'm going to cut them off, you know. You shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their works. But you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. You know, you guys went wet last week through all the craziness, right? You think that's crazy what you start to get in the book of Judges. Um, you know, it's funny because the world gets so, uh, they feel sentimental and, oh, why can that, why does God do this or do that? You know, he knows why he does it. He knows the beginning from the end, like I said, you know. Um, a person who had cancer, wouldn't you want to cut that all out, right? Because if not, it's going to continue to spread. So it would be wise, you know, you have to lose a leg, you use a leg, you know. Some people say, oh, why, you know. But God knows, and the things aren't harsh, you know. He knows what those people uh, were doing when that he's bringing the land into, you know. And you're going to see some horrific stuff. So you shall serve the Lord your God and Him, and He will bless you, bless your bread and your water, and I will take away sickness from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among the people to whom you come and will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive them out. Again, it goes the Hivite, the Canaanite, and the Hittite from before you. I will not drive them out before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. And I will send bounds from the Red Sea, and I will set bounds from the Red Sea to the Sea Philistia and from the desert to the river for I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand and you shall drive them out before you you shall make no covenant with them nor with their gods they shall not dwell in your land lest they make you sin against me for if you serve their gods it will surely be a snare to you seems pretty simple right do this don't do that you know I think about, you know, as a Christian, you know, there's, we have our flesh, you know, that we're to deny every day, put off the old man, you know, we have our spirit, you know, and how the world just tries to bring us in, you know, look at this, look at that, you know, especially at work, you know, the enemy knows our, our weaknesses and all that, you know, he's been watching us from birth, he don't know the future, but he knows the past, you know, and, uh, you know, as men, we're moved by our eyes, you know. It's just the way it is. And so we have to be careful. 
You know, I have co-workers try to show me stuff. I'm like, get out, and they make fun. <laughs> they laugh and all that, right? You know, and I got to protect myself, you know, and I'm not all on them, and you, a bunch of sinners, you know, I just walk away or whatever, but um, you got the world trying to pull on you. You got uh, the enemy trying to trap you, and then you got your own flesh, you know, trying to encourage you. And so uh, it was crazy. You know, we're in a spiritual battle. You know, I was, I like going through words and seeing the meaning behind them. And uh, when he was talking about spiritual battle, he says it's a fierce battle. The word that they use is a fierce battle. It's not just like, ooh, you know, let's play box. It's actually a straight up um, harsh battle. You know, death do us part or, you know, death to up to unto death, you know, uh, that we're in. Though we don't see it, it's happening, you know. And so we have to put on the mind of Christ. We have to fight the good fight, as Paul says, you know. Because the enemy is seeking about whom he may devour, you know. So we have to be careful. And he tells him, you have not obeyed my voice. Okay. Sorry, I'm a little slow, guys. I'm trying to work with these glasses. <laughs> I don't like them. But getting old. Okay, in Psalms 106, verse 34 to 48, let me read it to you. They did not destroy the peoples concerning whom the Lord had commanded them, but they mingled with the Gentiles and they learned their works. They served their idols, which became a snare to them. They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons and shed innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with blood. Thus they were defiled by the, their own works, and they played the harlot by their own deeds. Therefore the wrath of the Lord was kindled against His people, so that He abhorred, abhorred His own inheritance. And he gave them into the hand of the Gentiles, and to those who hated them, ruled over them. Their enemies also oppressed them, and they were brought into subjection under their hand. Many times he had delivered them, but they rebelled in their counsel, and were brought low for their iniquity. Nevertheless, he regarded their affliction when he had heard their cry. And for their sake he remembered his covenant, and relented according to the multitude of his mercies. He also made them to be pitied by all who carry them away captive. Save us, O Lord God, and gather us from among the Gentiles. Give thanks to your holy name, to triumph in your praise. Blessed be the God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people say Amen. So in Psalms, it talks about what they did, you know. It's just an occurring thing, you know. It does not to do it, and they go on, and they get themselves in trouble, you know. And as Christians, I think, you know, we have His Word and we're to obey it because, uh, you know, it's not burdensome to us. He's given us His Word for our protection. Yes, it pleases Him when we do that thing is right. But it's also for our benefit, their protection, just as you give uh, children protection. You know, you give them uh, commands or rules. Don't go out at 10. Don't mess with uh, this person. Don't go to that place, you know. And yet we do the thing which He says not to. <laughs> I know X always says about the wet paint, you know. He says, don't touch and people, you know. 
That's crazy. That's the way. That's our human heart, man. It's wicked, right? James 1, verses 13 15 says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desire and enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. You know, little look, little get closer, little talk, you know, start mingling with it. And boom. That's ingredients right there for destruction. <laughs> you know, and we know we have to fight it, guys, you know. And I have to fight it. James 1, 21 to 25 says, Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. You know, applying His word, being it, you know, putting it to, to, to work in our lives. And I'm not one up here to tell you that it's easy, guys. You know, it is a battle. It is a battle. You know. But nevertheless, we're to do it. Ephesians 2, chapter one, uh, verses 1 to 10. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all conducted, once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But God, who was rich in mercy because of His great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He already sees us up there with Him. Isn't that crazy? You know? And so we have to fight the good fight. We have to keep reckoning the old man dead. You know, we keep being filled with the Spirit, uh, coming to church, you know. It says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before that we should walk in them. So just like them, He's given them a promise, you know, that they're to follow and obey. He's given us promises, you know. He's prepared a way that we should go and we should walk in them, you know. For each one of you, He has a plan for your life. You're not just here just to hold a chair. <laughs> You're here for a purpose, you know. God could have saved us and took us home. But each one of you here is part of the body. God wants to use each one of you. You've got gifts. You've got talents. You know, ask God how to use them, when to use them. We're a family here. And God is the head. Jesus is the head of the church. He's the boss. And it goes on in verse, uh, so he didn't obey their voice. So we know disobedience is, 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 is bad and, and obeying is good, right? Verse 3, therefore I also said I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be thorns in your side and their God shall be a snare to you. So from here, um, the snares and trap, which... Oh, a snare is like a trap that captures its prey, you know. You ever think you may go fishing or you go to set something, you have to be sneaky to catch it, right? And so that's how the enemy is, and he uses people in the world, you know, or things in the world. And so we have to be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. 
Exodus 34.12 Take heed to yourself, lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land where you are going, lest it be a snare in your midst. And we tell him these things, is, you know, he knows what can happen, you know. You know, you have people who were, who were saved at one time, got out, you know, kind of on the fence, got on the other side, you know, maybe with a girl and had a baby and, you know, no, he didn't really like that girl or whatever, you know, and now they got a baby there and, you know, it's kind of like a snare to them, you know, because it was something that they didn't plan. It was mostly part of their, their certain of their flesh and it brought this on them, you know, and then stuff happened, you know, end up having to pay child support, and you, you know, kinds of stuff can happen. And not just that, I just use that as an illustration. But there's many of things that be, can become snares, you know, to people. You know, if we fall away and, and, and do something that's not right, and God's right inside. Hmm. Proverbs 22.5, thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse. He who guards his soul will be far from them. <laughs> You know, these are good things, man, and we got to put it to work. We have to be careful, right? First Peter 5, 8-9 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. We're in a fight, you know. And you see here, um, the children of Israel... They're human, you know, too. And God wants to call them as His own special people, and He's giving them things to do and things not to do. Um, yet you see it, they turn that way, <laughs> you know. The heart is desperately wicked, man, you know, and every one of us in this world. As Christians, we're saved, we have hope, you know. It's not like we don't have hope. We have the Spirit of God, we have His Word, you know. We have all we need, you know. What are we doing with it? What am I doing with it? You know, we're putting it to work. And we're going to see what they came, uh, thorns and snares to them later on as we get up there. Um, so it was when the angel of the Lord spoke these words to all the children of Israel that the people lifted up their voice and wept. You know, so he spoke to them. They realized, man, we blew it. Why did, we do that? <laughs> Why did I do that? You know, and that's good, you know, it's good. And it says that, in verse 5, Then they called the name of that place, Bokim, and they sacrificed there to the Lord. So they wept. You know, it's a good thing to be, uh, to weep over our sins and, you know, Lord, forgive me, you know. Proverbs three eleven to 12 says, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor detest his correction, for whom the Lord loves he corrects just as a father, the son in whom he delights. How many of you like chastisement? Raise your hand. <laughs> I don't, man, you know. And I kind of picture, you know, when the father or the mother has to uh, correct the child, you know. My wife would tell me she would have to, you know, correct uh, my stepson. And, uh, you know, it kind of hurt because you got to, you know, give him the crack in the behind, you know. And... Uh, but see, that feeling stuff over what God says is, is harmful, you know. And we know we got to do it. And, 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 you know, 
it does something to us. It wakes us up. You know, wakes us out of our stubbornness, our stiff and nakedness, right? And, um, you know, when we blow it, you know, God chastises us because He loves us, right? He doesn't do us to, to hurt us, but then we not be judged with the world, you know? And thank God for chastisement. I thank God that He's, that my father used to spank me. You know, he had a nice leather belt with me and my brother's names on it. You know, we would mess up. <laughs> we knew we were coming to it, man. And I was the oldest, so I got the first crack. You know, and pull the britches down and whack. Oh, you know, and all kinds of curse words would come out of my mouth. I hate you, and I'm out of here, you know. And leave me a big old red mark, look like someone, a cow licked my leg or something. But man, you know, I thank God for my father doing that. Who knows, I might have been worse than I was. <laughs> and so thank God He corrects us and chastises us because He loves us. 2 Corinthians 7.10 For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. And so, you know, you mess up, you repent, you confess your sin. God's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all filthiness and unrighteousness. You know, come from before Him, forgive me, Lord. You know, it's amazing. We can go back to that same thing or, oh, Lord, you know, and, you know, the world, they, oh, they're sorry, but, you know, there's no repentance in it. You know, if they're just sorry, who cares, you know? You're sorry for it and you repent from it, turn from it, that's good, way to go. Hebrews 6, 46 says, for, as, for it is impossible for those who are enlightened and have tasted that the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit, and have tasted that the, the good word of the Lord, the good word of God, and the powers of the ages to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance, since they crucify again for themselves, for themselves the Son of God, and put Him to an open shame. You know, I think about those who, you know, once saved, and they go back, uh, and they try to get right, and they maybe go back to their old religion, and try to do works, and all that. You know, it's crazy how stuff happens, you know. I've seen people, you know, do that, you know. I always pray for myself, Lord, you know my heart. I pray I walk with you though the rest of my days and my life. Hold me close to you, Father. You know, it's wise to know yourself. It's wise to know your weaknesses, you know. You know, and there's people, I believe that people can fall away, you know. I remember when I got saved, I wasn't in God's Word, I had religion, I was trying to do good. You know, I did a little bit of drinking, a little bit of that, ended up back in the pokey, you know. That's what my dad used to call it, the pokey. And uh, by God's grace, He sent someone to say, Jesus loves you. But that word is just, boom, brought back to remembrance. You know, so quick we can forget something, right? But when that guy said that, man, I went to church... Repented, and I've been happy since then, you know. So pray for those. You know those people are struggling, pray for them. The enemy's out there. Their flesh, you know, wants to turn in the world, man. You know, so all we can do is pray for them, you know. Be those witnesses. Be those examples. So, verse 6, And when Joshua had dismissed the people, the children of Israel went to his own inheritance, to his own position. So here from verse uh, death, uh, 
verse 6 to 10, the death of Joshua was retold. Uh, you remember back uh, when Sam uh, spoke to you, it says that, you know, Joshua died and then the people went to take in the land. They didn't take all the land. They compromised and all that. So he's going back and, and, and talk, telling us again. And we're going to find out here as we look at it. Uh, in, in Joshua 22, verse 6, it says, So Joshua blessed them and sent them away. And they went to their tents. That's one place you see it. But here in Joshua 24, verses 28 to 31, it says, So Joshua let the people depart, each to his own inheritance. Now it came to pass after these things, that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. So it's like at the end of the book of, of Joshua, it talks about that, right? If you look at the book of end of Joshua, it talks about that. It talks about them uh, taking Moses' bones and burying them, remember? You know, remember the... After Moses died, they went to Egypt and they embalmed him, you know, and had him in a, in a casket, <laughs> and they carried a dead body around, crazy. But uh, they were going to bury his bones there when he came into the land. And then also, uh, let me see, where is it? Uh, verse 9, well, there was a priest who died, I don't know. I get lost. But a priest who died also, you know. Uh, so this is kind of going back over that, rehearsing that. And uh, well, I think for a reason. Oh, Eliezer. Eliezer, the son of Aaron, he had died. And they buried him belonging to the uh, Phanias, his son, to a place which uh, they had given him. Remember, the uh, Joseph's sons had bought a place, you know. For him, for this purpose here. And uh, so they died. You know, these godly men, these servants of the Lord, these examples, these leaders, they died. You know. And so that's why he's, 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 he's going here from verse 6. So, you, you know, it's, you might say it's a little different. Why are they going back into this? You know, and he's, he does. You know, and the beginning of Judges, it says he died and the people want to take the land. They can promise and all that. Then here again, it re retells it again. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse... Oh, wait up, guys. Oh, Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. Remember he told Adam and Eve? <laughs> he told Adam first, the head, right? And they went and did it. First they separated spiritually. And then they began to die physically. And so everybody's going to die. Put off these tents. Unless the Lord comes and takes us out. But either way we're going to put these tents off. Right? We all, you know. We weren't meant to die. That was crazy. huh? We live forever. That would be crazy. But uh, because the sin came in. Brought forth death. You know. Spiritual death and physical death. So we do die. And... Um, It's amazing because uh, as you go through these books, you're going to see that he raises up leaders and, you know, they follow him and they obey him. The dude dies and they, what do they do? Go back into the stuff they shouldn't do. And, um, you know, I think about churches who, you know, the pastor blown it or did something and then the congregation is done with, right? Because a lot of people, they're prone to follow a man, you know, prone to follow a man. Now, don't get me wrong, we have awesome examples in this church. You guys are examples to me. My pastor is examples to me. And hopefully I'm an example to you. And if I'm not, you let me know. Um, 
But, you know, even like uh, Paul and him say, you know, we have them for examples, you know, of how we should walk. And yeah, that's good. You know, because, I don't know, it's just, we want to see things. We want to, you know, show me the money. We have, we have to be visual with it. And, and God uses each other. You know, we're following the Lord, and you see that, wow, you know. But our primero, our first, is Jesus Christ is our example always. Because He'll never fail us nor forsake us, right? Uh, men will fail us, men will forsake us, but God won't. And so we need to pray for our leaders, pray for our pastors, you know, that God would keep them strong and, and keep us strong. You know, but it's just the way it is. These guys, you're going to see it. They follow, they die, the people turn. You know, is they following a man or are they following God? You know, um, are we following His Word? You know, and it's just the way it is. So, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 to 6 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today, you shall, shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit down in your way, in the house, in the house when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. I'll get to that right now. I got a little bit off there. But anyways, I'm going to go ahead and just read this part and so we're going to get a picture. So the, verse 7, so the people served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord which he had done for the Israel. Now, now Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died when he was 110 years old, and they buried him with, within the border of his inheritance at Timahiris in the mountain of Ephraim on the north side of Mount Gash. When all that generation had been gathered together for, uh, to their fathers, another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which He had done for Israel. So Joshua dies, the priest dies, and it says here that a lot of the people who seen the works that God did, they died, right? They died, you know, they died, 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 they died. <laughs> What's scary here, it says, when all the generations had been gathered together to their father, Another generation arose after them who did not know the Lord, nor the work which He had done for Israel. Now, it would be a scary thing for a generation to raise up with not knowing God. You know. And I think the responsibility is ours to lay foundations. You know, and continue to pass the torch on, if you will. Uh, that scripture I just read you was in Deuteronomy. And God was telling them, you know... When you, when you teach your children, you know, when you sit down, when you walk by, when you lie down, when you rise up. So it's like a continual thing, you know. In Joshua 4, 21, 22, it says, Then He spoke to the children of Israel, saying, When your children ask your, their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones that you shall say to your children? Saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on the dry land. You know, they ask, What are these stones? You know, and He says, these stones, remember when they crossed the Jordan, they built, had these the 12 stones of the 12 tribes they put there and they built the altar whatever. You know, they were like monuments for them to know, hey, this is where God brought us, you know. And you have stuff like that where God has brought you out of something. You remember that, right? And that should be an encouragement to you to for, uh, push you forward. You know, we need those things. But here the responsibility was, you know, God's always been telling them to teach your children. You know? He says, teach your children. 
And evidently, it seems like they weren't doing it, you know. They started, we see the compromise. They probably started meddling with their God, started messing up, you know, forgot to tell his children about God, maybe a little bit of church, a little bit of Bible, a little bit of the world, a lot of the world, you know. And this generation grew up who did not know God, nor the works of the Lord. And he was always telling, you know, when they crossed over, you know, they would do something. God said, tell your children when they ask about this, you know. You know, it's... Uh, good when you get those stories to, you, to my granddaughters, you know, of things God's done for me, you know, or, just, or mom. Even, you know, it happens right in front of their face sometimes, you know. Uh, God does good things to us. And they say, you know, that was Jesus, huh? You know, or something. They know where we get our food from. They know where we get uh, our clothes from, you know. They know. It's, and that's the thing, keep to remind them, you know. Because the world will teach you the kids, all kinds of crazy stuff. Even cartoons, man. You know, cartoons back in my day, man, they were funny and, <laughs> you know. Now it's like not so funny. It's more perverted than anything. You know, the, the video games, the cussing, the cursing. And it's all, you got a picture of the devil behind it using these things to, to draw the children away. You know, pull the prayer out of school. You know, all kinds of stuff. The enemy don't, don't care the age. <laughs> he don't care the age of the person, you know. And so as Christians, we are to read God's Word. Ephesians 5, 25, 26, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for her, that He might sanctify her and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the Word. You know, I've been working and I'm on like in a different shift now, so, you know, I have a little bit more time, like five hours with my wife if I want, instead of, you know, 20 minutes before I go to work. And it's been a blessing, guys, just to sit there and read with her, you know. And she'd, oh, oh, and then sometimes, ah, look what Eve did, you you know, play around. But the thing is, encouraging me and my wife, we're partners. We're one, you know. And we need to do that. And God says to do that, to share your His Word with your wife. You know, we're the heads of the homes, guys. Uh, if you're not married, you don't have kids, you are going to be the head maybe one day. But either way, you're a man, you know. And we have responsibilities, and so we're to share with our wives God's Word. It says to sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the Word. The way God does His church, with His Word, He cleanses us, right? We come every Sunday, Thursday, Tuesday, Monday. You know, and hearing God's Word cleanses us out, gets us right, right? Focus. And we're to do that for our wives. And I know it's a battle, guys. You know, we have work and all that, but hey, it was a battle. You know, sometimes I get off of work, they want to go to Disneyland. I've been tired, you know. And I'll sleep for an hour and I'm ready to roll, you know, come on. Come on, Bampy, you know, we're going to Disneyland, I'm halfway asleep. How much more should I put into something that's good, you know, uh, sharing with my wife, sharing with my kids, fighting for that time. Ephesians 6.4, And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonishing of the Lord. You know, the husbands, he holds their husbands responsible. I thank God for the wives who do that and the women who do that. And that's a good thing, right? Because they're getting God's Word. But if uh, we're fathers, we have children, the responsibility is ours. We're to be the heads. We're to be examples. You know, we're to share with them. You know, have that time with them. And it's not easy. We have to fight for that time. You know, I had a friend who uh, I visited. I don't know, it's been a while back now. As I grew up, my grandfather grew up next to them. And they were Christians, the mom and dad, and they used to go to, to a church over here in, uh, I think it's uh, Bassett. And uh, 
they would take us to church sometimes and all that. And I remember that, you know, you do a little uh, crafts and stuff. And, uh, but I talked to her and she, you know, they're getting older and she told me, uh, that one of her, uh, things that, uh, she wished she would have done was to teach her kids God's word, you know, how important it is. You know, because I grew up with them, man, and some of them got into some crazy stuff. I didn't even murder, man, but, uh, you know, we can't go back, but we can go forward. So if you're not doing it, we need to share with our wives. We need to teach our kids, you know, raise them up in the, in the ways of the Lord, not just when they come on Sunday or Tuesday or whatever. Amen? <laughs> Because the enemy's out to get them. And he's going to be the next generation. Even with that, the voting thing. You know, I'm not all into voting and all that. I do it because I see the reason behind it. And I'm not here to promote it. <laughs> Anybody, but, uh, you know, um, I work at a place where it's a union, you know. And we've been losing a lot of stuff because people, like, they don't want to strike. You know, they're scared. They don't want to lose their job, which is, you know, it's pretty understandable. But we've been losing a lot of stuff as a union, you know. And people are like, well, I'm okay. But they're not worried about that next person that comes in, you see. And so me and you, when we're doing these votes, it's going to affect our next generation. You know, it's not just us or, oh, God knows, brother, you know. No, 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 no. You gotta, we have to do our part, right? And so, because uh, it's going to affect the next generation. Proverbs, so we need to share with, share, share with our children. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Like we're doing right now, you know. I mean, you got knives. I mean, you got knives. I got knives. You know, you sharpen it and make it sharp and shiny. And it's ready to, you know, do some cutting meat. Um, and so that's what we're doing here, you know. Uh, hopefully you guys are being built up by God's word. You know. First Timothy 4.13 Till I come, give attention to reading and to exhortation and to doctrine. And so he got, you know, he said, hey, give reading till I come, you know, to doctrine, to studying of the Word of God. You have church that says you really cannot find uh, truths in God's Word, <laughs> you know. Whatever, you know. And so, maybe you are single. Maybe God's preparing you for that. And so, you got to get ready for these things. Single man, you know, be the head of the home and... Uh, Getting God's word because there's all kinds of junk that goes out there. I believe if a lot of Christians were in God's word, you know, they wouldn't be sitting under some of these phony maronis around here, right? Um, because they would know that what they're saying is not true or whatever, right? They can check it through the scriptures and I'm out of here. But they just want to sit in here and listen. Oh, you know. But we have to know what God's word says. We have to check each other's what we say and, you know. And you check me, you know, wherever you got to run it through the Word of God. Very important. So we're to give attention to reading. Uh, very important, and especially for the kids. I hear with the kids twice a month, and man, it's a blessing to share with these kids. You know, I get excited. One, because I know they're the next generation. Two, because I knew I grew up in a religion and what it took me. They're getting the truth from a little kid, man. And I think I heard it say the other day, I wish I was young. God saved when I was young. And I wish I would have too, man. You know, right when I came out of the womb, I repented, you know. 
But man, God knows all things, you know. He knows when we were going to come to those crossroads. He knew whether we were going to receive them or reject them. Nevertheless, we have them. Let's walk with Him. And so there was a generation that didn't know, know the Lord or the works that He had done. You know, they weren't probably sharing with Him, telling me, this is what God done, you know. And, and so it just easily, right? Remember I told you how I went away. You know, quickly just disappears. I don't know, man. This is the way it works. You know, it says if you, you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> you know, and whatever. I'm In God's Word, we have to use it. We have to put it, apply it. Okay. So then uh, we're going to go from verse uh, 11 to 15, the snare and the thorn. And I know we don't get that much time, but uh, I'm going to read through it. And we can just see for ourselves. You're going to see it over and over and over and over again. Nothing's new under the sun, you know. Same old, same old. And I call it the snares and the thorns. So it says here, Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. Now the Baals, which means a master, it's a little M. Lord, a little L-O-R-D. It was the most important of the Canaanite gods. And it also had a male, or it was a male counterpart to Ashtaroth. Which I didn't dig too deep with him, but I know if it's not of God, it must not be good. And so, uh, I started to get into these, serving these, these gods and all that. You know, they used to burn children in the fire, you know. Burn children in the fire. Immorality, sexual, you know, all over. Just, hey, you know. And what's sad is, you know, you figure they're not learning this. And people in, in, in Christian homes, if they're not raising their kids, they can kind of sway in all kinds of different directions when they get older. You know? If they don't have the truth. We see them here uh, worshiping the gods that are around them. They, get, they started to know and, and got to know and loved it, you know? You know, I came out of religion and, you know, as a Christian, I look at all the religions now and God has shown me that, you know, they try to make their way to heaven. There's only one way to heaven is that's through Jesus Christ. All religions, I don't care which one it is, even a new one that might come out today. They're always going to try to pull out Jesus out of the equation or the spirit or something, you know. And they're always trying to make their way to heaven on their own and their, how do you say, their way. You know, in their standard, what's convenient for them. You know? And when I hear, you know, so especially when I go to funeral homes, man, I get, I, I hate it, man. You know, the people saying, oh, the Lord will pray, will pray for our sister, and uh, maybe the Lord will pull her out of Hades, you know, wherever, the purgatory where they kept hostage or whatever, till, you know, Jesus comes. And I'm like, man, once you're dead, you're dead. You're going to make a decision now. And sometimes I feel like standing up and telling me, hey, you're wrong. You know? And when you hear these things, it's sad. You know, our eyes have been open. To them, they're lost. They're trying to grab a hold of something that they're going to hold to and, and believe to it as true. But yet, they don't want to cling to the living God. You know, they want to have their cake and eat it too, kind of like. So they went and served these bells, these, these other gods. It wasn't the God that their fathers served. And they forsook the Lord God, their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. God Almighty. Here always our God is one, you know. 
And they followed other gods from among the gods of the people who were all around them. And they bowed down to them. And they provoked the Lord to anger. First John five, First uh, John one five to ten. This is the message we have heard from Him and declared to you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have light, if we say that we have fellowship with Him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses uh, Christ His Son cleanses us. From all sin. You know that sway man. We can sway that way. I'm not worried about the world. The world is under the sway of the wicked one. You know. The spirit of disobedience. You know. They're following the devil basically. Straight out. You know you're a child of God or a child of the devil. And those who don't know God. They're following his, the devil's ways. You know. As Christians, though, we cannot practice darkness. You know, the Bible talks about that God's going to judge those not only who, who do those things, but those who agree to those who do those things. You know, and so we need to walk in the light as He is in the light. You know, we have to be careful. Because there's a lot of them say, you know, I'm a Christian, you know. And I try to be careful because I know myself. I'm a sinner. I can turn away right now, you know. I know who I am. And so I try to be careful, but I pray for others because, you know, they're cussing, and they're drinking and doing stuff. And I'm like, you know, I'm confused here. You know, if I'm confused, a non-believer is going to be well more confused, you know. Because it, it doesn't show no change. You know, I know when I first got saved, something I would do, you know, and it wasn't right. The Spirit of God would let me know that's not right. I wouldn't feel good about it. You know, I couldn't go drinking. Yeah, woohoo! You know, it's just grieve, man. It's like, no, 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 no. Sex or whatever it might be. I don't know. You know, there's all kinds of stuff out there. But to say someone's a Christian and they practice that stuff, I don't know. You know, they have to check themselves. Unless they really are and just, you know, their heart is numb to God's spirit. They have to be careful, you know. I have to be careful. I know myself, too. Ezekiel 18, 21 to 23 says, But if a wicked man turns from all his sins which he has committed, keep all my statutes and does what is lawful and right, he shall surely live. He shall not die. None of the transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him because of the righteousness he has done. He shall live. Do I have pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God? And not that he should turn from his ways and live. And then verse 32 of Ezekiel 18 says, For I have no pleasure in the death of one who dies, says the Lord. Therefore turn and live. You know, I just said, like I said, you know, I was hard for my wife to spank my stepson, you know. Poom, little cute boy, you know, I had to crack him in his behind. But it has to be done. We have to uh, correct errors in our lives and get straight. You know, you're out here, come back in, you know. Don't let an enemy know. No, God knows, you know. You confess, you know. 
you keep meddling with that, you keep doing this or that, you never know what is going to come forth, right? So the enemy is so slick and he's a liar. And he's the father of lies, the devil is. And so God's not rejoicing over the death of the wicked. You know, as you go through this and you see people getting killed and, you know, chopped up, all kinds of stuff. You know, God knows who they are. God knows where they've been. And, you know, God knows all things. We don't. You know, we can look at the book and, oh, God's mean, you know. No, but God is upright. He's upright. He's truth. He's righteous. And so, you know, people do die and people do go to heaven. It was their choice. And a lot of times, you know, they always try and blame God, but you always hear him say, but you chose that route. You know, and the people chose that route or whatever it was. It wasn't God who chose that route for them. God's given them a route that he wants them to take so he can bless them, you know. But yet they choose other other routes and then, you know, they want to blame God for it. And God, does, He doesn't rejoice in the, in, in the death of the wicked. Because the Bible says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God didn't send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through Him might be saved. Boom, destroys everybody's thing that God hates them and wants the wicked all dead. He wants them to be saved. God knows who's going to be saved. No one, we don't. And so we need to share. We need to live those lives. You know, the people might turn and receive just like us. You know, people share with you, prayed for you, prayed for me. You know, thank God I was one of the ones who wanted to say, yes, Lord. So the anger grew. Anger grew hot against Israel. So he had delivered them into the hand of, of plunders. Despoiled them, despoiled them, and sold them into the hands of their enemies all around, so that they could no longer stand before their enemies. Remember the snare and the thorn, right? People didn't conquer all the land, you know, they left a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Verse 15 Whenever they went out, the hand of the Lord was against them for calamity. As the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn to them, and they were greatly distressed. Oh, I can oh. But you know, uh, one day God is... God is the judge of all the earth. You know, one day He has to judge. And uh, He judges with righteousness and truth. You know, the, God, the Bible says that God's angry with the wicked every day. You know, He hates their sin. He hates the sin. He loves a person. He wants them to turn. But the persons love the sin more than they love God. You know, He's made a way. He's already made that way for people to repent and be forgiven. Be washed of all their filthiness. Even if they was over there burning their children. God would forgive them if they repented. Isn't that crazy? The key is to repent. He wants them to repent, to turn. That's the way He wants the world to repent. He already knows what they did. This, if you go through this, there's nothing anybody can do in this world that's going to phase me. Or, oh my gosh. You know. The heart is desperately wicked, man. And so... He told him what happened. He already told me this is going to happen. You do it. Now you see it happening, right? And then verse 16. 
going to be the brief summary of the book of Judges, verse 16 to 23. And I'll be quick, guys. Uh, so here in verse 16 is basically going to be a summary of, of what's to come. You know. It says, verse 16, nevertheless, nevertheless. Man, God's mercy, His love for His people. He loves people, man. You know, He gave His only begotten Son. The Lord raised up judges who delivered them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Yet they would not listen to their judges, but they played the harlot with other gods and they bowed down to them. They turned quickly from the way in which their fathers walked in obeying the commandments of the Lord. They did not do so. And when the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge and delivered them. Notice that was with the judge, right? He was with him. You know, he's with you and me. You know, he's with the pastors that are following him. We don't need to fear the wicked. We stand up in truth and righteousness. Who knows what's to come in the future? We got to stand. So the the Lord was with the judges, and it says, and he delivered them out of the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge, for the Lord was. Moved to pity by their groaning because of those who oppressed them and harassed them. And it came to pass when the judge was dead that the, they reverted and behaved more corruptly than their fathers. But by following other gods to serve them and bow down to them, they did not cease from their own doings nor from their stubborn ways. Stiff naked people. <laughs> New Testament said it. Paul said it. Man. See, the world, they don't. Just following into going down and headed the wrong way. These are the ones God wants to back in those times wanted chose to make them a special people. Stubborn way. I was stubborn when I was young, man. Very stubborn. And sometimes I am, and God has to, you know, bam, I love you, son. Twenty, then the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he said, Because the na this nation has transgressed my covenant which I commanded the fathers. And has not heeded my voice, I also will no longer drive out before them any of the nations which Joshua left when he died. Remember, he had left some nations so they can conquer. And then Sammy went over. They didn't finish conquering it. They left, left a little bit here, a little bit there, right? Reckon the old man did, you know. Not a, just a little bit of drinking. A little bit of porno. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know. We have to be careful. Enemy's a liar. You know, we have to be careful. So that through them, I may test Israel whether they will keep my ways of the Lord to walk in them and their fathers kept them or not. Therefore the Lord left those nations without driving them out immediately, nor did He deliver them in the hand, into the hand of Joshua. Man, you just see it up and down. God just reaching out, man. They turn. God reaches out. He raises up judges. You know, the things that come all the way to Samson, you know, they start to become more like the world, more like the people in the world, I guess you could say. Like the other nations. Pretty soon they're going to want their own king, you know, like the other nations, you know. As Christians, we should be satisfied in the King of kings, Lord of lords, God Almighty, you know. He's our Father. He's creator of heaven and earth. We should love Him with all our heart, mind, and soul. He's aware of our struggles, our shortcomings, and He loves us. And He wants to draw us clean, close to Him and hold us.
But every word that He's given in His Word is for our benefit that we might be cautious and we might walk in the light as He is in the light. So you see the up and down and it's going to get exciting, man. It gets pretty crazy in here, you know. You know, it's... Same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's never changed, you know. And I want to finish with this. You know, there was a... I like watching marine movies and iron movies and all that, you know. I never got to, to make it. I had duck feet or partial duck feet. But when I, there was this one I watched... And these guys were like Navy SEALs, man. You know, they're real tough and stuff. You know, built strong. And they went, they were supposed to take over this place and kill these guys who were uh, killing the Marines and all the people and stuff. And so they ended up getting found out and all that. And they came out to get them. You know, the whole land there, all those uh, terrorist people there. And these guys, I think it was uh, four or five, I think it was five of them. And, you know, they were fighting, man, and fighting. They were killing a lot. And they would go, they would fall off the mountain, you know, and they'd start shooting out. They'd jump off the other mountain. And these are longer mountains. And this was based on a true story because one of the guys actually, I think he was the medic. He's still alive. You know, he made it. You know, but these guys are giving their all, man, you know. Even one guy is like, you know, they're trying to get a hold of the central command. and Pick us up, help us, we need help, you know. And they're they having problems with that, with that, um communication and one of them's like you know he's seen the rock he's like i'm gonna go up there and i'm gonna you know take this microphone so you leave it there so they can know where we're at i mean he was going they were shooting him he go he finally got there you know and he just stood up like that and they just came up to him started shooting but he hold that phone man and just you know and then he died but the communication got there he got to the commander and they you know they'd only come and rescue him and there was another guy Man, this dude was beat up, man. I mean, he was, they think they grazed his head. Uh, one of his eyes was missing. You know, he was shot a lot of times. I think he was 15 times when uh, they talked to his family. You know, they talked to him about the body. You know, how many shots he received. He was 15 or 20 shots. But this dude, adrenaline or whatever, they would keep going at it, man, you know. And uh, the guy, he turns to his friend. And he tells him, tell my wife. That I fought with all my heart with my brothers. That he gave his all. You know, God knows we're weak and we know our weaknesses. But God wants us to love him with all our heart, mind, and soul. We're brothers here. There's not one above another, you know. We need to have a purpose of heart. You know, whatever we do. And anything someone does, they have to have in it full-hearted, right? Whether it's being football, baseball, whatever your job. you got to be in it with full-heart marriage. Right? Because if it's half-hearted, sometimes it don't last. And so, my prayer is that, you know, God would strengthen our heart. That we would be a, give all that we can with all our heart. Serving the Lord until He takes us home or He comes to get us. And that we would pray for one another. You know, I know a lot of you are going through things, and struggles and pain, physical. But let's move on, brothers. Let's fight the good fight, as Paul would say. Let's finish this race. Let us pray. Dear Father, I come before you, Lord, and we just thank you for the examples we have in your word, Father. Just how wicked we can be, Lord, and looking at the children of Israel turning, even as you spoke to them many of times, Lord.
Even you spoke to us sometimes and we turn, Lord. Father, clean our hearts out, Father. Give us a purpose of heart. Give us a heart that would wholly serve you, Lord. That you and I might not be tricked by our flesh, the enemy, or the world, Lord. Thinking that uh, the pleasure of this world is good, Lord. But they would stand upright, Father. They would be witnesses to those around us and our families and our co-workers, Lord. Pasadena, Father, you continue to use this church as a beacon of light to those around who are in pain, Father. That they might come and find rest, Father, in you. I lift up every man in here, Lord. I pray you strengthen each one of them, Lord. You know them by name, Father. You know the very hairs on their head, Father. And you love them, Lord. I pray you would strengthen them, Father. That you would encourage them. You're their God. They're your children. I'm your child, Lord. Help us to draw close to you. Strengthen us, Father. And I just want to pray right now. If there's anybody in here who don't know the Lord, you might be coming to studies and you might have been hearing. And I just want to give you that opportunity. The Bible says that we all fall short of the glory of God. All of us have fall short of that perfection. And we sin. And we are sinners. And God knows that. But He sent His Son into the world to die for our sin, on account of our sins. Jesus died and rose on the third day, the Bible says. And the Bible also says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you repent and you believe in your heart that Jesus raised, that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. So if there's any here who want to do that, I want to pray right now, Father, to, to, to God. And this is going to be your prayer. God, I come before you. I acknowledge that I have sinned against you, Lord. I ask that you forgive me. I pray you cleanse me and wash me in the blood of your son, Jesus. Jesus, I ask that you would come and dwell in my heart now, Lord. I receive you. I believe in all that you did. Thank you for your grace, your mercy. Thank you that you came to save me. In Jesus' name, amen.